0: We just wait for our helpers to thank you, Jesus. Well, hi. Miracles happen, and uh, I hope that was on video, but I got my second hug off Dave, who never gives hugs. So that's going down in my little book, Two Hugs (laughs) Off Dave, woof, I love it. And uh, it's Christmas, anyone realize that yet? It's Christmas, Uh, 24 and a half days, sort of. And tomorrow, our ladies are doing the Christmas lunch, hey, for our seniors, and we're going to pray for that later on, but bless you guys, it's an awesome opportunity of just sharing sharing that love with a whole our seniors in our community, that probably many of them won't get to have Christmas with their families, um, and yet our ladies, and or gentlemen as well, but they put that on for us, or for them, and it's really appreciated. And we've got Sharon Hill's Christmas not far away, it's exciting and then carols by candlelight, and our festivals all happening. So I thought that if that's the case, we should really look at a series over the next three weeks on what's the hidden message of Christmas. And you're all going to probably jump to the conclusion, oh yeah, we know what that is. But I want to suggest to you that maybe this Christmas, there's a message there for you personally. Whether you are a believer or not a believer, whether you've been a believer for five minutes or for a hundred years, which would be interesting, or whether you're not even a believer, you just there's a message in the story and there's a message in the events of Christmas that if we could actually uncover, I wonder if there's something there for all of us that could actually change our lives. So I thought it would be good to read the account, and over the next few weeks, we're going to look at that. So I'm going to ask Dave if he would read from the New Living Translation for us, Luke 2, uh, verse 8 through to 21. I forgot to tell you where I was reading from, didn't I? But yeah, so have you found it? I knew you would. Okay, here we go. Dave's going to read to us Luke 2. If you've got your Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones, we'll put it up on the screen, I think. Um And we're looking at Luke 2, verse 8 through
1: to 21. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I, hope I bring you good news that you will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived.
0: That was good, Dave. You best be a teacher. Well, you, you want your Bible back? Because you might need it. A few years ago now, um, and in case you haven't realized whether you like it or not, um, you are coming into Christmas. And it doesn't matter what you believe in, but you are coming into Christmas. There's no chance. You can't get away from it. It's there. It's going to be on the news. It's going to be everywhere. Some of the some of the uh, um, spouses in this place will be very busy organizing things, organizing dinners, organizing foods, and the other partners probably just trying to get through, and we'll work it out when we get there. But Christmas is coming, right? It's not that far away. It's going to happen. And I wonder if like you, like me, sometimes Christmas is just, maybe it's just another event. Maybe it's the family getting together. Maybe it's just that 25th of December every year on your diary. Or maybe it's something different. Many years ago now, probably I think it was uh, 10 years ago, myself and Margie and my son Jaden, who was 11 at the stage, we went to Euro Disney in France. And it was just about this time, and so you could imagine what it was like in Disneyland. I mean, I walked in, and it was like the little child in me jumped out. There was there was uh, uh, Mickey Mouse, and there was Goofy, and there was Donald Duck, and it was like everybody was there, all come to meet me. And it was fantastic. And I walked through this Disneyland, and it was like, wow. They had fake snow coming down the streets, right? They had... All the, all the glitter, and they had these shows, and they had elves, and they had... And all of a sudden, this wonder of the Christmas experience started to come alive again in me. The Christmas experience that we see on TV, the Christmas experience that we see on cards. And all of a sudden, it came alive, and it made me start to think, I wonder if I've lost my wonder of Christmas. Not just the tinsel, but the whole concept. Because you see, we were born to actually wonder. We were born to think things through. We were born to question. But after a while, we forget the questioning. And we forget looking at, well, what is this? And it doesn't matter who you are. I wonder if we would stop this year and just go, I wonder what I could learn from Christmas. I wonder what there is hidden under all this festive stuff that I could discover. You might discover something about the importance of your family. You might discover something about the importance of spending time together. You might discover something new for you that might change your life. And so I ask the question today, have I lost that childlike wonder, that questioning about what's the message of Christmas for me personally? Because I want to suggest to you that that's what happened at the very first Christmas. A few weeks ago, my wife, um, if there's a picture there, my wife took our oldest granddaughter. We've got this thing in the family where when the kids get to a certain age, we Maggie takes them to the ballet. Now, I'm not invited. Um, I've got a feeling it has something to do with my thoughts about ballet, or maybe I'm just not cultured, You know, not, I don't know, but I'm not usually invited, so Margie takes our granddaughters to the ballet, I'm going to take Xavier to the speedway, so we, we go to the ballet, they go to the ballet, and just look at, this is Ollie, look at her face, Margie said it was just amazing, she walked into um, His Majesty's Theatre, and she couldn't believe it. She said, it's like it's like a palace. And she walked in and she said, look, there's gold on the little handles. And she walked up and it was just her eyes were bulging out of her head. And then she walked into the theatre itself and saw the big red curtains going from top to bottom. And she couldn't believe it. And she's sitting there looking around at the magnificence of this building. And yet many of you and I, probably I've done weddings there and walk in and say, it's nice, isn't it? It's pretty good. But you see, for a child, this was like walking into some sort of palace. And she's walking in and and then all of a sudden the curtains started to move back. And and the brightness and the colours and the the people and those people running around in funny clothes. that was all in front of her. It was like, wow. And you could see her face as she was just lost in wonder. And I want to encourage us that maybe I can invite you, no matter where you are, would you just stop for a moment and allow the newness of Christmas to grab our wonder once again? So just stop. In the next three weeks, we want to have a look at this, because I think that's what happened with our shepherds, who were there out in the paddock, And they were waiting, just like any good Jewish person. They understood what was going to happen eventually. But every year goes past and nothing happens. And nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, they're out there in the paddock. And a whole bunch of angels turned up. And it grabbed their wonder. It grabbed their wonder right there. And they went, wow, what is this? And as they grabbed their wonder, you see this verse where it says, the say These angels spoke to the shepherds, and he says this in verse 11, the Savior said, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will recognize him by this sign. You see, Christmas is about a wonder, and I've I wonder if in this there are some signs if we looked for, we could find that help us understand the message of Christmas in a new way. And I'm not, I'm talking about those who maybe even walked as a Christian for many, many years. I wonder if you'd let the wonder of this, the signs. They had these signs that were there. And there were three signs. There were three signs that identified the person of Jesus. They identified the provision that Jesus would bring. And they identified the purpose for his life. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at those. Tim's going to help me. We're going to be looking at the sign. The sign, first of all, that he was in Bethlehem. Identified him as the person. The second sign was the manger, which helped us identify his provision. And the third sign was this, was the swaddling clothes which helped us identify his purpose. And so we're going to look at those because sometimes we miss it. But those shepherds, they saw it. And they got excited about it because they understood the symbolisms behind those three things. And today I want to take you to the person. And the person starts off like this. You see, they were in the paddock. They were outside looking after the sheep. The reason they were outside was possibly because there was no room to go inside to Bethlehem because it was a full house. And they knew something was going on. Why? Because there was traffic jams going into Bethlehem. It was busy. People were all over the place. We know that the authorities at the time had asked that a census be taken. And the census was that you had to go back to your ancestral um, origi- or, um, origins, to your, the place where your ancestors started. And so they were going back to Bethlehem. Now, everybody knew that Bethlehem was the city of David, just as Zion was. But Bethlehem was the place also called um, um, the house of bread, which is also significant. And all in here are these hidden messages that God wanted to tell the shepherds and they discovered it. I wonder if we were to discover it, whether or not that reigniting that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, we might reignite our excitement about Jesus. You see, Bethlehem was a significant place. And so when they walked in, they knew that what they were going to because it was prophesied that this would happen. A child would be born. So these shepherds would have known that. They were good Jewish people. They would have learnt this. And they go in and they go to Bethlehem, the place where David, so he must have been a king because he's related somehow to King David. And they sat there and they looked at this child in the manger and Jesus came alive. I want to suggest to you today that one of the greatest things that we can do is to rediscover the person of Jesus in the manger and actually maybe focus on him. Because I think sometimes we get focused on other things. I remember a little while ago, there was a, a young lady who uh, I was sharing with. And we were talking about the Holy Spirit, actually. We'll these questions and as I was talking and we were sharing and in the end I was saying, you know, the Holy Spirit sort of walks alongside us and, and carries it. He's actually real and he lives inside us as well. And he actually does things and she, her eyes just lit up and her face changed as she said, you know what, in all my years I've never heard anyone talk as Christianity as though it was a relationship. I've only heard it as being something you have to do. It's a religious act. Is if you do it right, maybe you might get to heaven. I've never heard anybody tell me that it's actually a relationship that I can actually can experience a real relationship. You see, Christmas is that. Exactly that. When they came and they saw Jesus in that manger. And for me, God is crying out to me, saying, Steve, have you lost the wonder of your relationship with me? Have you lost that excitement and that freshness? Those when your eyes just light up. See, I think that's what the, the writer of the book of Hebrews was trying to say. I think what he was trying to say to us in Hebrews, in in the book of Hebrews, when he's talking to a whole bunch of Jewish Christians, and he's saying, you know, you're getting a little bit tired and weary. Your faith is starting to, you've just found this plateau. All these other things have been added to your faith. And he writes to them and he says, this is what I want you to do. Let's read through together. Hebrews 12. See, just before that in Hebrews 10, the same writer says this, he says, Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts, with the full assurance that faith brings. In other words, come back to the manger. I want you to come back. I think God is crying out to us individually. Come and look in the manger and see the person again. Because otherwise we get a bit weary, and we get a little bit tired, and we get a little bit run down. So it says this in verse in uh, Hebrews 12:1. It says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life, um, to the life of faith." In other words, for a Jewish person, they understood that right, whole, right back in the Old Testament, there was all these great giants of the faith who'd been believing and believing and believing that God was going to bring come into the world to give something to the world. He was believing that God was going to do something great in the world, but they never saw it. And yet now as Christians, now in today's society, now because of the manger, we can actually see that he came into the world to give to the world. A friend of mine rang me. I had some amazing miracles happen this week. But one particular one was a phone call I had from a good friend of mine who I've worked with um, through Perth City Mission and places like that. And he said to me, I, this week I was doing this, class with a whole bunch of guys who were struggling with drug and alcohol issues Um, and he said I was sitting in this class with them it's like a small group and we were talking about spirituality and everybody shared their personal story of spirituality didn't matter whether they believed or not we've all got a story of spirituality and they're going around telling their different stories of their understanding of spirituality and what it meant to them and then it got to my friend who's a believer. And he started to say, Well, my experience of spirituality, my experience is this relationship with Jesus. And so he started to tell them about what he believed. He said, You know, for me, I am captivated by what Jesus has given us. And one of the guys suddenly said, Hang on a minute. You mean to say that he gave us something? He actually gave us something? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were, these guys were captivated by the whole concept that actually Jesus came to give. He came to give life. See, for God so loved the world that he gave. It's not about getting, it's about giving. That he's come to give us joy. He's come to give us peace. He's come to give us love. He came, the manger is the hidden story, is that this is the person of God that's come into the world to give to the world. And what they're saying here is in in Hebrews, the writer is trying to say this is what should be stirring up our faith. This is what should be getting excited about. Then it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. I wonder what slows us down. I don't know what slows you down. I know there's a lot of things that slow me down. Um, good sleep could slow me down. But what slows you down in your walk? I mean, there's, there's so many distractions that can come in the way that will slow us down. And he says, get rid of that. See, there's worry will slow me down. There's there's bitterness will slow me down. There's fear that will slow me down. There's all this stuff that slows me down in discovering the wonder of Jesus. And it slows us down and we get tired and weary because we're looking at other things. Then he goes to say, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And this is how you do it. By keeping your eyes on Jesus. You want to find a hidden truth this Christmas? Look at the person of Jesus. As my atheist friend said, I have a problem with God. But when I read, the, when I read that book of yours, I love what I see of Jesus. I love what I see of Jesus. It's about Jesus. That's what Christmas is. And for us, we need to get back and focus on that. And sometimes we take our focus off Jesus. Sometimes we put our focus on, it's the Bible and it should be the Bible, but that's not the focus. The focus is Jesus. The Bible helps us discover Jesus, but that's not the focus. Sometimes the focus is a particular style of church or focus is a particular preacher or priest or whatever. Sometimes our focus is on on how we do stuff. Maybe our focus is on what we should get. Maybe our focus is on a particular theology or doctrine that we've heard. But you see, the real focus, the writer is saying, is get your eyes back on Jesus. The author and the finisher, he says, as he goes on here. He says, Ooh. there was a young lady, I love a story I had a few years ago now, there a young lady, her name was Vanessa. And Vanessa came to me and she was a very learned young lady, very learned young lady. And she came to me and she said, Steve, I'm not a believer. I said, that's fine. And she said, but I've got a bunch of questions. I said, well, come and see me and I'll see what I can do. Right. So she comes in with these about three or four. A4 pages of all these questions just written out. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And she went from everything. She went from creation to the Trinity. She went right through every question. You know, if God so loved the world, then why is all this hatred and all this stuff? And I'm going, oh my goodness. And I wasn't doing a good job answering it, I can tell you. I was not doing a good job. And I got to the end of about an hour and a half of these questions. And I said to her in the end Vanessa, I don't think I've done a good job answering your questions. I said, but can I ask you to do something for me? And she said, what's that? I said, I can't answer all your questions, but I reckon, just try this, because if it's not real, it's not going to work. But why don't you just ask and pray that Jesus would actually become part of your life? Because I reckon if you did that, all the questions would be answered. And she said, Well, okay, I'll give it a go because if it's not real, it ain't going to work. I said, That's good. So she gave it a go and she prayed. And as she's in my office and she was praying, all of a sudden her life, she, she just said, Something's happening. I said, Why? What, what do you mean something's happening? She said, Well, I don't know. I just, something heavy lifting off my shoulders. That girl had all her answers, question, all her questions answered simply because she said, Jesus. Would you come and be part of my life? And he answers the questions. I wonder if you've got questions. You've got questions about certain things. I wonder if we actually went to Jesus. He might actually answer them for us if we just asked him. Make him your focus. Then he goes on to say this. He says, uh, the, champion who, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. That's got to be our focus. Our focus has to be Jesus. And I want to encourage you this this Christmas season. Let's not get caught up with all the other stuff. Let's just get back and looking at the person of Jesus. Because then he goes on to say this. He says in verse uh, 3, Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, if your faith, and maybe you might have a faith, or maybe you do have a faith, is it getting tired and weary? There is a whole... um, paper been written about how many Christians are sort of saying, I'm done with that. And we've got tired and weary of doing Christianity, of doing sometimes church, of doing stuff, and we've lost the hidden message, which is in the manger, which is Jesus. I wonder if we would actually say, God, reignite my wonder. Reignite my excitement about who Jesus is. Reignite it. Nothing more exciting than hanging What I love is actually hanging around new Christians. They give me energy because it's so, so raw. It's so real. It's so personal. And sometimes us old blokes who have been in it for a while, we get a little bit tired and weary. This Christmas, as we come into it, would we actually push off those things that have taken our focus off Jesus and actually come back? Because if you do, that, fire that uh, kyle talked about last week that real lighting the flame it will happen if we strip back all that stuff that tangles us and makes us weary and make christmas a time where we discover the hidden message can i get our our worship team to come up and as we finish off today i'm going to ask you to do one thing for me if you're not comfortable with this that's fine um that's okay, you don't have to. But I just want to invite you right now just to close your eyes for one moment. And I do believe God is real and I do believe that he talks to us and he changes us and I do believe his spirit is real. So I want to invite you now, wherever you are in your journey of faith, wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are. That's not important right now. What's important is where you might be if you actually said, I want to look for the wonder again. So if you are a person that has been believing for a while and you've you've walked you've, as a Christian for a long time, but you know what? You've lost that spark we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Maybe the excitement of Jesus is, it's like I've just seen it around and we'll sing the songs and we'll sing the carols, but I've lost that excitement that those shepherds had when they walked in and they saw Jesus for the first time and they were just filled with glory. They went back excited. They had the best worship time you could think of. They didn't have to have music and and pictures and, and lights. They were just full of the wonder of the person called Jesus who was God's gift to come into the world to give to the world so that we might have life. And I ask you right now, maybe you might say, Jesus, would you reignite my wonder and my love and my excitement about you again? And maybe you're a person that maybe you don't believe or you've, you've never come into anything like this before. Your prayer might simply be, God, if you're real, make it real to me. Maybe start looking, because you might be surprised what you find when we start looking for the person of Jesus. Christmas is about the hidden message that God has fulfilled, that desire that he had right back
2: thousands of years before the birth of Christ.
0: That he would step into this world, to give to this world the very thing that sin has taken away. As well. Father, thank you for what we've seen today. Thank you for the baptisms. Thank you, God, that Christmas is about dis- rediscovering and rediscovering you. God, bring back the wonder of Christmas, which is Jesus—the amazing, the amazing gift that you gave us. if you want to find out more or you want to talk more about that or maybe you might for the first time go oh you know what i wouldn't mind discovering if there really isn't jesus then please make sure you either come and see me or see one of the worship team people or see the person that you came with or your youth leader or your children's pastor or whatever it might be talk to someone before you leave because he'd love to share more with you about you start a journey of maybe discovering the wonder of christmas
3: Thank you for this time that we could come together. Oh, God, and I pray that just as this Christmas period draws close, God, Lord God, that we would just start to press into it, God, because there are so many broken people in our community, in our world, God, that over Christmas it's a hard time because they don't have family around. They don't have friends around. Oh, God, and I pray that just as that happens, God, that we'd be able to step in. God, would be able to be that joy, that love because you called us to a mission, God, to change the world. And, Lord, if that is just by being with someone and loving on them, then, Lord, I pray that we would be doing that. And I pray this week we'd have an awesome week. In your mighty name, amen. Hey, guys, it is awesome to see you. Thank you so much for coming. I have a few quick announcements. There is a video that we're just going to quickly show for sharing who's Christmas. Then I've got three announcements afterwards. So don't go anywhere. Just have a seat quickly. Watch this. And then, um, yeah. awesome that is it for sharing who's christmas so all the info was on there make sure you grab one of those flyers um i also just want to say happy birthday to all those people who had their birthdays in november there is a cake out on the i believe where the tea area is anyway there's a cake for everybody for their birthday in november make sure that um you grab a piece to celebrate and i have just a few more quick announcements um, okay, so the meeting for the um, festival, we're going to hold it on the other side because the youth band will be practicing and there'll be lots of grazing tables. So we'll give it like, I'd say 20 minutes, and then we're going to have our meeting over the other side in the function setup. So if you're interested, make sure you're there for that. Um, and also, could we please have a little bit of help from some strong people? We need to get the couches that are in the foyer up on the mezzanine because there is a lunch in here in the foyer tomorrow for the national seniors. So I'm just going to pray for that. Then I'll release you to have an awesome week. And remember, 20 minutes meeting on the other side. So Lord God, I just want to thank you for this lunch that's happening tomorrow, for the amazing ladies that are going to put it on. Lord, I pray that you'll bless that time, God, that you would be there with them. And God, that they would just feel love, peace, and when they walk in this building tomorrow, Lord, just joy. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Guys, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week. God bless.